Welcome to the standalone episode 7 of the G215G, also known as episode 98, and this week we'll be bringing you a series of experts from companies across the industry, including Qualcomm, HPE, Vodafone, and AT&T, answering our questions about OpenRAN. And with that, let's get started. We welcome Gerardo Jaretta to the podcast this week. He's responsible for 5G RAN infrastructure at Qualcomm. Welcome. Hi, hi. Nice meeting you. Thanks. Great. Well, let me start with my first question. There's no uh, argument that Qualcomm is a leader enabling devices within the 5G ecosystem, but you're extending that into the infrastructure market. Can you spend a little bit of time and explain to us what Qualcomm is doing? Sure, sure. So uh, from an infrastructure perspective, of course, we are a little bit less known, but we have been working on infrastructure for many years now. And uh, the focus so far has been uh, on small cells, where we are a market leader in modem RF solution for 4G and 5G sub-6 and millimeter wave small cell. But we are extending our portfolio on infrastructure in two areas. Uh, One area is uh, a 5G private network, where we have recently announced, I think we'll talk later a little bit about it, our uh, partner program where we are going to provide an end-to-end infrastructure solution with some partners and uh, and some software solution for that. The other part, we are intersecting uh, the new uh, paradigm shift that we're seeing with Open Run and VRUN. So we are intercepting that with new a new product uh, portfolio, a set really of solutions that covers both the radio unit and the distributed unit. So we announced them back uh, 18 months ago. Uh, we refer to them as the Qualcomm radio unit uh, platform and Qualcomm distributed unit platform. And then we announced the X100 inline accelerator card. So these are all solutions that focus on modem RF. So a silicon and software solution uh, for 5G really focusing on what is our bread and butter, what is Qualcomm really good at in terms of of 5G. And as you said, expanding the leadership uh, that we have uh, in device also to the infrastructure space. Makes perfect sense that you're gonna move up into that infrastructure um, stack. I think Anshul's got the next question for you here. Yeah, what current and future operator challenges do Qualcomm's open RAN and VRAN solutions address and how are Qualcomm's solutions unique? Yeah, so, so uh, it's very clear that operators have been very public about uh, the interest of moving into open run and VRAN, right? Both solution allows more flexibility uh, to operators and eventually uh, better TCO, better to- total cost of ownership by having multi-vendor solution uh, by reusing as much as possible commercial of the shelf hardware. Right. So that's what operator wants have been public about that. There have been done some, some have been done deployments, have been done trial. I think what has been clear in the last, uh, let's say, 18 months is the need of uh, a silicon SOC and software solution that are high performance for the open run and VRAN space. If you still look at the performance right now on open running VRAN compared to the traditional network performance, there is still a gap. I think there is a gap in terms of, of uh, uh, overall performance in terms of capacity of the network. And in particular, there is a gap uh, in terms of power consumption. So what we are uh, looking at from a Qualcomm perspective is to provide the best uh, uh, in-class modem RF solution, silicon and software, 
which is the best in class, not only for open run, it's the best in class overall, right? So we are bridging that gap uh, with our expertise on low power solution. We are bridging that gap in order so that operators can then indeed go and deploy large scale open run and VRUN solution uh, with, uh, uh, um, with the same performance or better performance uh, that they have with current network right now, right? And for example, we have done uh, an analysis with one of our partner, HP. Uh, we have done a, an announcement a couple of weeks back and we discussed about that mobile Congress where uh, we have done an analysis of how our solution combined with HP server solution for a VDU would uh, uh, improve the current open run and VRUN uh, performance. And we are seeing up to 60% uh, uh, advantage in total cost of ownership. This is because again, we are looking at uh, a, have a hybrid solution where it's still as open and virtualized as open run and VRUN is needed, but with some elements that are really core on 5G so that you can reach that particular low power. Yeah, I wrote a Forbes article about that announcement with HPE. I thought it was very compelling. So for our viewers and listeners, if you're interested, you go hit at Willtown Tech on Twitter and you can read that article. And I'm glad you mentioned the- Great article, by the way. Go oh, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm glad you touched on the performance because I think a lot of the naysayers um, of Open RAN uh, state, have stated in the past that it's cost optimized versus performance optimized. And clearly- Qualcomm has demonstrated uh, an ability to bring performance, especially with your work on millimeter wave as an example, um, improving the propagation and that sort of thing. But my, the third and final question for you um, is around Mobile World Congress. Both Anshul and I were there. It was great to be able to get back out. It's been way too long, but Qualcomm had a number of very um, compelling announcements around the RAN. And I'm wondering, can you share some of those specific details and how you believe that's going to help accelerate the adoption of, of Open RAN and VRAN? Sure, absolutely. By the way, on your your previous point before I run through the announcement, is it's it's a clear a disrupting innovation cycle, right? Where with Open RAN and VRAN, at the beginning you focus on, on on the cost, you focus on what uh, what is the lowest hanging fruit, and so maybe some rural deployment and so forth. And then while the, the technology matures, then you move up and, and you manage to address also the, the use case, right? So from a, if you want, from a, a typical uh, technology strategy perception, nothing new, nothing new from that perspective. So announcement, yeah, it has been great. Last week uh, has been really, really, really great. For in general, to be all together finally again and see each other, mm -hmm. and for for us in Qualcomm infrastructure in particular. So we have a bunch of announcement uh, uh, on the private network side. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we had this uh, a partnership, uh, two announcement actually. One uh, a partnership with Microsoft, where we're gonna basically work together with Qualcomm focusing on the run, Qualcomm, uh, Microsoft focusing on the core network and more the enterprise interface. So that together we'll really define a solution which is uh, 5G for enterprise or 5G for industry, right? It's a good combination between our 5G DNA, their clouded enterprise DNA, just to create this chip to cloud type of solution, which is tied to our second private network announcement, which is really creating a partner program where we're going to have uh, uh, a lot of uh, our small cell customers providing uh, radio units, uh, a lot of system integrators that are working with us uh, uh, so that we really want to make 5G private network uh, 
a reality, really focusing on the ease of use and easy uh, uh, deployment type of thing, which I think is a key point for 5G private network to become successful. Mm -hmm. Now, if we move to open run and VRAN, I think we discussed already about the, the HP announcement, right? So we have this partnership with HP where basically we're gonna work with them on the next generation VDU. Of course, HP is a great player on, on, on the server side, they're very present with their telco solution on the current VRAN deployment. And we are working together for their next generation VRAN deployment, which will be a combination of the DL110 servers from HP and our X100 inline accelerator solution, right? And that's where the 60% TCO advantage come from that I was mentioning earlier. Then moving on, we had uh, um, a free new announcement in terms of uh, uh, infrastructure vendor traction of our solution. So one is with Mavenir. So Mavenir uh, announced that for their next generation product, uh, both the radio unit and distributor unit, they're gonna use our platform. In particular important on this announcement and the next one is that they're gonna use our platform for massive MIMO deployment, right? So that's a key advantage and goes back to the point we were making earlier about how a, our solution allows for open run by reaching the performance of the current non-open run solution in terms of power performance. So, so Mavini will develop uh, uh, both no massive MIMO, but in particular massive MIMO radio unit based on, on our uh, silicon and software solution. And similarly, they will use our X100 integrated with their uh, VRAN software stack. Uh, we had a similar announcement with Rakuten Symphony. So even Rakuten Symphony uh, uh, will develop massive MIMO solution RU based on our platform and DDU. And then we had an announcement with Fujitsu. The Fujitsu announcement is a little bit different and it's interesting because it's about millimeter wave deployment. And so Fujitsu will, will use our platform, which is really, a, as I said earlier, a, a portfolio of solution. We'll use our platform for, for millimeter wave, uh, uh, the macro millimeter wave. So not only small cell, but now uh, macro millimeter wave, right? This is in addition of an announcement that we did back in um, uh, October, where we announced that NEC will use our solution, our X100 solution uh, uh, for uh, acceleration. So you see that it is, uh, we, we are basically announcing all the Oran player will use in, in their next generation, uh, um, uh, will use our product in our next generation. So we are extremely excited about that. And these, we believe that these will be what uh, the, the ecosystem needs in terms of accelerating open run, right? It's really the, the partnership of these new players that so far have been doing a great job, but they're being a little bit, uh, slow down by the lack of a very high performance silicon solution. And we believe that a combination of our effort, their effort will give the operators the right solution to deploy open run in the way that they want. Well, I continue to be impressed by how Qualcomm is leading the 5G ecosystem. Gerardo, thank you for joining the podcast. It was really insightful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Case. We'd like to welcome HPE to the conversation. Uh, Geetha Ram is worldwide head of Open RAN. Welcome, Geetha. Hi, Will. Nice to be here. Yeah, so Anshul and I each have a question for you. I'm going to start. I have a two-part question for you. And so one is, how mm -hmm. is HPE facilitating the adoption of Open RAN and VRAN with its pre-integrated VRAN reference configurations? And then the follow-up is, are there any proof of concepts or commercial deployment examples that you can provide? Sure. 
Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the biggest um, uh, concern that the operators have, right, is when you uh, have a disaggregated architecture, when you have the hardware and the software components all uh, disaggregated, then who integrates this, uh, the, the system together is one question. And then, you know, how will it all come together? I mean, on paper, the uh, idea was an independent SI is going to come in and integrate the whole thing. But then, you know, where we are with respect to the evolution of 5G with all of the new radio techniques and so on, mm -hmm. no independent SI is actually ready to do that as of, you know, right now. Yeah. So then, you know, what we try to do, right, is um, help the operators and help the overall SI process by pre-integrating some components uh, you know, up to the level of, you know, our expertise um, mm -hmm. in that area, right? Yeah. So what we do is from a hardware standpoint, we integrate, of course, all of the components, you know, hardware cards, uh, et cetera, and get that through the NEBS level three compliancy testing and, you know, all of the other thermals and power testing, okay? Then from there, uh, we work with our OS and CAS vendor partners uh, and we, um, together put the OS CAS layer on top of the hardware infrastructure and create uh, what we call the uh, VRAN optimized configuration. Mm -hmm. And that VRAN optimized configuration uh, is what we take to our labs and measure the performance and power numbers. And we tweak everything from the hardware uh, components, you know, like maybe the uh, CPU states, the uh, registers in the hardware, the registers in the OS and the CAS layer. So we tweak yeah. it all, make sure that the latency is acceptable, the power numbers are acceptable, et cetera. And that's the recipe we then give to our next layer up, which is basically the VRAN stack, you know, the VDU and VCU software, uh, so that they can then put their software on top. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on the, the lab effort because I'm quite impressed with what HPE has done from an investment protection. Mm -hmm. I've been to Fort Collins and, you know, I've seen mm -hmm. that. And in really, right. from my perspective, among your traditional, com, you know, competitors, mm -hmm. you have really one of the strongest, you know, 5G lab capabilities in, in my humble opinion. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, uh, we uh, use the Fort Collins lab and uh, that's, I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. We, uh, spend a lot of time there with our partners. Uh, and then, you know, at the end of it, we uh, release a white paper that basically anybody can then take. And, you know, they essentially, it's a recipe book, right? Yeah. And we say, you know, here are all the registers and parameters, and this is the ideal uh, setting based on the testing we've done, you know, make sure that these are set uh, and, you know, and then, uh, uh, operators or NEPs can then take it and do what they please with it, but you know they've got a, a reference uh, platform. So to answer your second question, Will, on uh, where have we deployed this? So we've um, done two, so far, two um, uh, reference configurations, the optimized configurations, one with Wind River uh, and the other one with Red Hat. The Wind River one is deployed today uh, with our uh, US customer, tier one customer here uh, in the Verizon deployments. Mm -hmm. And we just uh, announced with uh, KDDI 
uh, you know, KDDI actually announced uh, where they made their first 5G call at uh, Mobile World Congress. And mm -hmm. that is also based on the Windriverse stack. Okay. Right. Uh, Red Hat is being um, uh, tested in the lab right now. And there are uh, NEPs such as Ericsson trying out the uh, Red Hat stack. You know, I'm hearing a lot about Wind River these days. And in fact, I, I reached out to the to the CTO who actually lived in Austin for a number of years. And so right. I'm looking forward to that that follow-up conversation because at Mobile World Congress, I mean, everyone, I mean, you name it, even some of your competitors were speaking about, you know, how capable Wind River is, you know, just right. from a, a lightweight kind right. of approach and scenario. But um, that's been great. I'm, I'm going to hand it over to Anshul to ask you uh, his question. Thanks, Will. Um, yeah. How will HP's 5G orchestration, automation, and other software stack solutions play a role in facilitating operator deployments of VRAN and OpenRAN? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the, the key thing that um, operators uh, shy away when they uh, look at a disaggregated RAN is when components change, uh, who manages them? Like, mm -hmm. do we have to repeat the whole process all over again of certification? Um, how do we um, uh, upgrade the system in the field? How do we deploy it? You know, how do we decommission it? I mean, all of these questions get asked, okay? Um, and it's typically, you start off with the technology people and then, you know, everybody in the technology area gets very excited about new technologies and all that. Then you take it to the operations people and they go, whoa, wait a minute, you know, we were used to traditional RAN and we are used yeah. to that. And that's an appliance that comes in and we plug it in and it works and we don't have to worry about other things. Now you're telling us that this is a general purpose compute with all of these disaggregated components. And now if someone tells us, you know, hey, we had a, a card from uh, uh, vendor X and then you have to replace it with a card from vendor Y. How do we do it? How do we upgrade it? How do we manage it? So that's uh, why we developed something called um, RAN Infrastructure Management and Automation. It's called RIMA. And what that is, is it lets you uh, manage and deploy and in an automated fashion, because that's important for edge locations, right? Because the scale is pretty large. Uh, and so it allows you to manage these components uh, remotely. So uh, the server supports a zero touch provisioning. So as soon as you plug it in uh, to the network, you know, like as soon as you plug it in at a far edge location, it phones home and says, hey, I'm alive. And then the central location then says, okay, what does this server look like? Where is it? What are all the components? Uh, do you want to upgrade it? If there's a new firmware, if there's a card up, uh, upgrade to be uh, done, if there's an OS upgrade to be done, uh, patches to be applied, everything can be done with a touch of a button and everything is automated. And that's what we feel is, you know, the next step for mainstream adoption because if we don't have these type of tools, then it will forever be a technology discussion and VRAN will never be deployed at, uh, you know, in a mass scale uh, if we don't have these tools. Yeah. I mean, I'm impressed because I spent a lot of time with the team with respect to your software stack, your 5G core stack, right. your automation and orchestration capabilities. Right. I really feel like 
those are sort of HPE superpowers. And right. uh, those are mission critical elements to ensure, you know, um, an effective, you know, and scalable deployment. But right. Ethan, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much, Will. Uh, glad to be here. We have Yago Tenorio, Fellow and Network Architecture Director from Vodafone. Thanks a lot for joining us, Yago. My pleasure. I wanted to kick off the discussion with a question uh, for you. Uh, can, can Vodafone quantify the operational and capital cost savings associated with OpenRAN? Oh, that is a very good question. <laughs> so, well, first of all, okay, so I understand you're asking me about the direct kind of, you know, savings in operational and capital cost. And there are um, a lot of them, yes, and not actually only the current savings, but the projected savings over time that are coming from evolved technologies, ones that, you know, new generations of silicon are getting into the baseband and into the radio. And we've calculated all of that. And frankly, I have to say that the future of Open Run looks really bright and the potential for saving cost in terms of not only the equipment cost, but the energy consumption and other indirect costs is great. But that said, I think the huge potential of Open Run is actually the, like the cost saving that's gonna come from bringing more competition into the game, which has two, I would say, two immediate consequences. One is, as you may imagine, well, there is more commercial competitions, therefore any procurement process that you run with more competitors, you know, is more likely to be successful from an operator point of view. Okay, that's fine. But more important than that, competition brings innovation because all parties then compete uh, for, you know, having superior products that uh, perform better in performance, in capacity, but also in energy consumption, for, for example. So that is much more likely to end up in substantial cost savings for operators than any of the things that I mentioned before. So if I had to summarize on just one single thing, we're doing this to increase innovation pace, and that will you know, result in a much better total cost of ownership, no doubt. And as a follow-up, um, you know, you talked about competition um, and, and one of the spaces, there's lots of competition that's potentially coming is with VRAN. Could you possibly elaborate on the agility gained through the deployment of VRAN? Yeah, I think, well, VRAN is, a, is an excellent development. That I think I see it personally, I see it as an orthogonal kind of dimension to open run or incumbent run. So you can take part of your run to the cloud with or without open run. You can do that with incumbent supplier or you can do it with open run. Um, and it's a great development that no doubt brings some operational benefits indeed. But I would say it only does so for a particular subset of operators, depending on your assets in terms of availability to multiple fibers to the side and other, also other conditions that may alter the economics. So at, like for instance, the you know the optical multiplex that you need in both sides. But apart from that, you have to remember that when you you move to Viran, normally you only um, centralize one part of the basement; the rest stays on site. 
which is not um, a very disruptive change for you still need a shelter or an outdoor equipment. You, you may still need battery backup. You may still need air conditioning and of course power on the side. So from a topology perspective, the side may look very similar to what it was before. And you're only centralizing one part of each, which operationally has important benefits for all the synchronization and coordination that you can then do on the run. Um, however, most of that coordination, you can still do it even with distributed run. So you could argue that, you know, as much as this can be, of course, the right thing to do for many operators, um, the others, which may not have so much whatever fiber available, or maybe the economics are not so clear for them, they will still be able to do most of the coordination and synchronization, even with a distributed run architecture. So that's what, that's what we see. I think those are great insights, Iago. I mean, one size truly does not fit all. I also love what you said around competition breeds innovation. Um, on this podcast, I've probably said that, you know, half, you know, half a dozen to a dozen times. And I totally agree with that, with, with you on that. And certainly OpenRAN, you also address the whole, you know, um, opportunity to, to create a new ecosystem and drive cost competitiveness. And there's certainly no doubt that the OPEX benefits are uh, substantial, but there are some naysayers that say OpenRAN is not performance optimized. So I'd love to get Vodafone's perspective on that. So if you remember um, earlier this year, we announced that we have the first site on air in Bath, which is a beautiful town west of Newbury where our main campus has always been. Um, that site is operational and providing service. It's the first of 2,500 sites that we're gonna be rolling out in the UK. It is just the first one, but it's providing 5G and 4G and is commercially um, Life, which means that it's got customers on the site. Um, and by the way, is not necessarily like a rural part of England, you know, with low importance. We are serving one of our biggest corporate accounts from there, which happens to be an enterprise that is located near that site. So, what I'm trying to say is that we wouldn't compromise performance. So it's not that just, it's, it's not me saying it, is that we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't sure about the performance. And we are sure, not only because we've tested this in the lab a thousand times, but also because we've done sort of 25 trials across the world with this technology, with different vendors. So we've been working with this technology for, I think eight years now. And we saw it, you know, <laughs> you know, when it was um, being born and we helped the development until this point. And we would not be actually considering, not, not just considering, but starting a deployment in the UK if we weren't sure about performance. Because, I mean, for us, performance and the service to our customers becomes way before cost. So is it cost optimized? Well, I think it's competitive. I, I would not say it's optimized because it's only at the start of the commercial rollout. There is so much more that you can do that is going to bring the cost down that in the next three years is going to be a tough competitor for the incumbent architecture for those suppliers choosing to stay there. 
So I don't think it's cost optimized. The cost is going to get better. Now, the performance will also get better, don't get me wrong. But I have to say, it, from our perspective, and it is a fact that we are seeing from the field, is good enough, um, or even better than good enough. And in many respects, is absolutely on par with incumbents. So what we've rolled out is 5G FDD and 4G. But what will be coming soon this calendar year is massive MIMO as well. So for those people thinking, yeah, but you know, yes, you talk performance, but you'll never do this in a urban area because you can't do massive MIMO with this. Well, watch me because I am doing it later this year. <laughs> right. Great insights. It's been a great conversation. Yago, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Welcome again, and thanks for having AT&T's VP of Mobile and Access Architecture, Gordon Mansfield on. Thanks for joining us, Gordon. And thanks for having me. I wanted to kick off the discussion with a question. Um, we wanted to ask you, what benefits do you see AT&T gaining from embracing open RAN and VRAN in terms of network rollout? That's a great question. Um, look, as the evolution of, of technology continues to, to occur, uh, we also expect the rapid increase uh, in data consumption. And so as you start to do that, you've got you've got to continuously look at your cost structures. And you've got to manage the cost structure together with performance, right? And so as the performance demands continue to rise, the capacity continues to rise, you've got to find efficient ways to deploy that capacity at, at the appropriate performance levels uh, so that we can deliver on, on the capabilities that customers, uh, not only demand today, but but will continue to demand uh, well into the future. Great, thanks. And Will? Yeah, so Gordon, my follow-on is, um, how is AT&T gonna address the complexities that are associated with the disaggregated nature of open RAN and VRAN? Yeah, that's a, that's, that is, that is the, uh, you know, Kenley, I won't even say it's the million dollar question. It's the billion dollar question. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the reality is, is, is that you start to think about the disaggregation. There's a lot of benefits that come from that, but there's also increased complexity that comes with it as well. Uh, and so that really causes you, you know, to, to really have to think through kind of who's going to be the SI, the systems integrator, who's going to bring it all together. Uh, because you've got, you know, uh, you know, if, if we do it right, you've got disaggregated hardware, you've got disaggregated software. By the way, you now have orchestration functions, you know, on and on and on. If you layer, uh, you know, open on top of it, you could have, you know, different suppliers and, and different nodes across the network. Uh, and so we do firmly believe that there has to be an SI function. Uh, we candidly haven't uh, finalized, um, you know, exactly who we believe fits that uh, that bill. Uh, there's there's a lot of discussions that will happen uh, throughout this year to finalize uh, what that looks like. You know, is is your traditional infrastructure vendors the right choice? Maybe, maybe not. You know, are there other players uh, in the software space uh, that are you know beefing up capabilities? Are they the right choice? Maybe, maybe not. You know. Are we ourselves in the best position? Candidly, probably not, uh, but, but you can't rule that out. And so, you know, all options are currently on the table. We're, we're kind of, you know, weighing through, you know, what do we, what do we believe uh, the guiding principles of that SI 
uh, capability needs to be. And, and you know, we're, we're working through that here over the next uh, uh, few months and, and uh, we'll be in a position then to start kind of driving, you know, what that view looks like and making sure that we have the right, uh, the right players in place. In the meantime, uh, candidly, that does fall on, on, on my team, but, but from a long-term perspective, when you just look at how do you scale this, um, we need a dedicated function for that. And, and we're evaluating, you know, who, who, you know, what are the characteristics of, of uh, whoever that should be uh, to define, you know, our path forward there. Yeah, we certainly can't argue with the CapEx and the OpEx benefits there. And I'm glad you touched on performance as well, because I believe there are a lot of naysayers out there that say OpenRAN and VRAN are more uh, cost optimized and performance optimized. So, I mean, any additional insights there on, on what AT&T will do? Yeah, look, um, I, I refer to, to all of our efforts there as a three-legged stool. Um, I can't give up on performance uh, in, in, in lieu of you know, CapEx or OpEx, right? And so we need performance and CapEx efficiency and OpEx efficiency. Uh, and, and candidly, we're working hard to make sure that we, we deliver across all three. Uh, candidly, there's a lot of players out there today that want to trade off uh, one for the other. Mm-hmm. It's not a trade off. It's an ant. Uh, and so we continue to press really hard on that front. Um, you know, I do believe the, uh, the silicon capabilities, especially if you look at uh, Mobile World Congress this year, there was a lot of accelerator announcements, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that were made. You start to bring some of those accelerator capabilities together with, uh, with, with the general compute evolution that, that, that does occur. I think we can get the performance. We're, we're, we're seeing early indications already uh, that you can get uh, the right performance. I think with that added layer of acceleration, that takes it to the to the finish line to where you can get performance uh, and reduce the capex and reduce the opex and and that that's the end state that's what we're driving for and you know candidly we're not we're not virtualizing just to virtualize uh, we're virtualizing because we we do believe it's a it, it's an imperative that we you know maintain good cost structures both from a capex and opex perspective and and candidly our customers aren't going to allow us to give up on performance so it's it's all three or or What's the point? Great insights, Gordon. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. All right. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. We wanted to say thanks to all our guests from all the companies for participating in this standalone episode of the G2M 5G. Thanks to Gerardo Giaretta from Qualcomm, Keith Ram from HPE, Iago Tenorio from Vodafone, and Gordon Mansfield from AT&T.